Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club with Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. How are you today, Hello. Anita? I am great today. The sun's shining and um, I'm happy. It's Wednesday today when we're recording this and um, I try and fast until tea time on a Wednesday. So um, I'm absolutely starving. Uh, but this evening I've booked a really nice restaurant and I'm having their six course taster menu. So I've only got to get through to half six. So today is a guest ep- 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 episode, I say that word, episode. <laughs> um, with, uh, yeah, Angela Henderson we got on uh, with us today, who's a fantastic business coach. Um, she, we'll let her explain exactly what business she had before, but she kind of fell into um doing well and then uh, realized she could help other people do us do a similar thing i was quite shocked she bought 1400 products she'd mm. created at, at one Impressive. point so yeah so product product-based businesses do work guys i know we get a lot of people say don't we uh oh it's all right for you you do consultancy cons- you know like coaching type of businesses but yeah product-based businesses can work too so she gave us a lot of insights and um yeah uh, about her history what she's done before i actually liked um well, I didn't like, it's not a very nice thing, actually. But, it, you know, it was a bit ironic that actually she'd um, suffered bullying in an adult, what was it, adult mental health institution? Yeah. She used to diagnose people uh, with mental health disorders and then was bullied at work. Yeah. So it just goes to show, like we say to our kids, you're going to get it everywhere you go and there's not going to be, like, parents or teachers to protect you, so you've got to kind of uh, get ready for it, really, and have have the tools to cope, so which is what she did so it was interesting uh, insight into her business where she's come from where she's going to it's always nice to get some people from different countries on as well isn't it that are sort of doing similar things to us out there in the world so yeah, yeah let's get into it if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe so i started out of business it'll be 11 years ago in a month or so so that was fun i had a little boy named finley and we were just playing on the ground one day and there was all these toys that were given to us which is fine but they were all electronic and as an ex-mental health clinician of 15 years i used to diagnose people with schizophrenia bipolar depression etc that as a social worker i was very big about you know fine motor skill development, imaginary play, uh, creating memories with families. And I was like, okay, my kids use iPads, they do all that. But I was like, there's got to be other toys that when you take this ball and put it in there, bells and whistles start going. So I started looking for other wooden toys. And at that stage on the market, it was a minority of these type of toys that I was looking at. Now the big department stores sell them in mass production, right? But uh, they didn't. So I started a business called Finley and Me, which focused on creating childhood memories through play, love and travel. Obviously started with zero fans, zero followers, zero products. When we closed Finley and Me, we had 1,400 different products. We had 70,000 followers on Facebook, an email list of over 50,000 and over 20,000 on Instagram. So again, going from zero to that. I also worked full time as a mental health clinician, uh, starting that business and my second business. Um, So yes, the juggle was there, but it was always a choice that I was making, right? So uh, yeah, so Finley and Me was great. Uh, people then wanted to start picking my brain. And at that stage, as a social worker, I'm a bit of a giver. So from a consulting role, I never really understood. I was like, yeah, sure. And then I was driving home on the 14th coffee date over, you know, kind of eight weeks. And I kind of had the aha moment where I was like, hold on, I don't drink coffee. I'm paying for my own Diet Coke. I'm driving 
30 minutes, 30 minutes, spending an hour. And then I was like, oh, if I charge people for my expertise, I could have a secondary business. Light bulb moment. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, you know, I was like, oh my goodness, what was I thinking? But it was one of those things because it was never part of the game plan and it just looked naturally and organically fell into place. Um, so yeah, and then I started Angela Henderson Consulting a little over four years ago. And predominantly now I work with women in business to get all the pieces in place to help them make consistent four and five figure months and then on to six and seven figure years, but without the burnout. I'm very adamant about reducing mental health stigma collectively, but also women in particular, uh, you know, like to keep pushing multiple hats and juggling multiple hats. And, you know, you don't have to have a successful business and burnout. So yeah, so that's where I am today. Women don't even, they can just have one business and they're still juggling all those balls and plates and, and what have you because of everything else they've got going on in their life. So you had, you know, a full-time job and a business. So that's why you were spinning them. But the average woman is still spinning all those plates, aren't they? 100%. And I also think when I first started off in business, it was always about, you know, I hear balance, this balance is, I actually think balance is bullshit if I'm honest, because <laughs> if you look at the true definition of balance, it's about pretty much equal distribution, right? Of mm -hmm. X, yeah. Y, and Z. And what I was realizing, I was like, well, you know, my children's time, time with my partner, um, time by myself, time with my job, time with this, nothing was ever equally distributed. So very early on, I had to reframe that. And so I no longer look at things as balance. I look at, I reframe it with being present. So I, before COVID, I did a lot of international speaking and things like that. And naturally my own events. And so a lot of times I was away from my kids and my kids know that I don't love them any less and it doesn't make me a bad mother. It just means that when I'm away, I'm present with whatever I'm doing. So I'm recording the podcast now they've kissed them goodnight they know that they're not to come in here and I'm present with you so by having that reframe my guilt though still is there I mean it's human it's not hardly noticeable as what it used to be because I was always feeling guilty but now I'm all, all about quality of relationship time than I am quantity I yeah. love that being present with the thing that you're doing because we are otherwise you're just in a turmoil of like I should be doing this other thing I should be doing that other thing whereas if you just go no this is what I'm doing now and do it and what you said about coffee the the coffee the pick in the brain brigade as I call them oh my god that was like before we worked together and did this social media coaching I loved doing social media anyway so in all the businesses that I was in I was like pushing the buttons anything new come out I'd do it and then when I was in networking I used to go networking like old school networking at like B&I mm -hmm. and other things like that and everybody used to be oh can you just help me with my LinkedIn can you just help me with this and like yeah. you you just kind of yeah sure because you want to help people because People have helped me with nothing in return, like over the years. So you just want to be somebody that's able to help because you can, you will. But then it does get to a point where it's like, actually, I could be charging for this and I could make this a whole new, a whole new thing, um, which, is, which is fantastic. But yeah, I think people need to take note of that. How much time are you spending facilitating other people and helping other people, but not and not getting paid for it and ma really manage that time? But there's this post that I did on Instagram once. It was like, it, it, quote, let me pick your brain. And the person goes, let me pick your credit card first. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like so the, the thing is, is like, I too do a podcast every single week. That's an hour minimum of my time recording, mm. you know, sending things to the team, researching what I'm going to do, questions on you guys know what it's like. So, yes. I mean, I am still giving. The people are like, oh, well, why, why would you say something like that, Angela? You know, you're you're a giver. Why wouldn't you give and add value? I'm adding value. Yeah. I've got a free Facebook community, the Women in Business Collective. There's, you know, 8,000 women in there. It's an active, participated group, and it's free. I do a blog article every week. It's free. I do a podcast every week. It's free. You know, yeah. so it's okay to say, hey, can I pick your brain? Yeah, 
you know, that's no worries. I'm happy for you to pick my brain. Here's my link to book it an hour consult. Like it's okay to know our worth. It's okay to understand what our time distribution is. And it's also okay to make a shit ton of money, right? Like yeah. it's, you know, and I think there's again, guilt with women around, oh, well, if I say no, I'm a bad human. No, it's okay to have boundaries and it's okay to charge people for your expertise, right? It's yeah. really- about it's a mindset. Thing, purely, isn't it? And, and limiting beliefs. And some people yeah. you'll say, sure, book in, it costs X. And they'll go, great, lovely. And some people will go, no, I'm not paying that. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You've you've put it on the table. You've allowed people to, you know, either walk away or jump in. And, you know, it's it's all out there, isn't it? And that's absolutely fine. Your boundaries, yeah. isn't it? And you're so right. We always say, choose your free. So exactly. We do these podcasts are free. If you just chose whatever you wanted to learn about and got mm-hmm. a pa- there was a, I used to do property sourcing and there was a guy that did this course on property sourcing. And then he started a podcast and I just say to people that ask me like how did you get into it what do you do and I say honestly go and listen this guy's been property sourcing for years he has this podcast Mm -hmm. you don't even need to buy anything from him you could Mm -hmm. literally go back to number one of his podcast and go for it all it's it's all there you can consume it for free but it won't be targeted at you and your business it's not Mm -hmm. your eyes and your expertise on where they're at now and where they want to be and that's Mm -hmm. what you pay for so you can get all that free help and advice but you have to be a certain kind of person to take it distill it make it count for you and implement it and not many Mm -hmm. people are like that so what you pay for is the hand holding the inspiration the boot up the bum the the, you know the actual hot seat on their business and all of that and so that's worth it because it will get you where you want to be depends how much you value your business but actually i'm really interested so you took something from nothing to fourteen thousand products um 1400 how on earth did you do that yeah i mean it was just about you know trial and error like i said i knew nothing about business i hadn't done marketing i was a mental health clinician you know diagnosing people with depression anxiety autism whatever right so it was just one of those things you know i pressed go on the website and i thought miraculously the internet told people to come and buy from me it didn't work like that so i got a lesson very quickly about understanding what those foundational elements are to grow a business right and that's yeah. pretty much it's that moment where you go ta-da I'm open and no one gives a shit. I know it, no one. It's like, you know, you're <laughs> excited, does. of course. Families are a little bit excited, but like it's then comes down to marketing. So, you know, that's one of the main things I teach my one-on-one clients, my mastermind clients, and my profit pillar clients is that most businesses that come to me and need help is they've got a business like the three little pigs. It's either made out of hay or it's made out of sticks. It's structurally there, but it wouldn't take much for COVID, a divorce, an illness in the family for it to start to crumble. So I'm very big about building a business of bricks. Bricks obviously are heavier. Um, They cost a little bit more than obviously sticks and hay, right? But if you build the foundations and build it brick by brick, you're going to not only have short-term growth, but long-term sustainability in the business, right? So for me, is that's what I learned very quickly is, well, hold on, if I, if I, try and run Facebook ads back to a website that's not converting, I'm missing one of these bricks. What do I need to do? Fix the website, fix the messaging. I'm also a believer is that there's a lot of people that have products and you know any business, you need a good product. End of conversation. I can't polish a turd. A turd looks like a turd. It smells like a turd. I'm assuming it would taste like a turd, right? Like <laughs> that's the reality, right? I can't put 
you know, fairy dust and feathers and sprinkles in it, right? It's still, or glitter, it's still going to look and smell like a turd. So if you have a turd product, you know, it's going to be very hard to be able to be in startup stage, growth stage and scale stage. So yeah, like I said, I started with nothing and then learned very on key found, you know, those foundational elements. And that's what I built my second business on. And that's what, you know, I build other businesses on also. And have you still got Finley and Me? Are you still running that? No, we wrapped up Finley and Me probably about 14, 16 months ago, somewhere in there. So the website is still live and the Facebook page is still active. We still post on there because I'll be able to leverage that audience because I'm opening up a foundation in the next six to 12 months. So that we'll be able to repurpose that. How mm. does uh, Finley feel about that now? Yeah, he's going on 12. And so he, um, one stage he came home and that was also kind of a moment for me when, uh, I'll back up a little. Finley and me, I had the product side, but then I also was one of Australia's leading uh, uh, bloggers and influencers. So I was signed with Netflix as one of their top 30 influencers here in Australia and big brands like your Hilton, your Club Med and a variety of other businesses. So I did a lot of um, blog writing for those companies who then wanted me to then take one of their products, write about it and put it to my audience, right? So they would pay me for that. Um, and I remember Finley coming home one day, he's like, yeah, I just Googled Finley and me and there I was. And I was like, ah, you know, that's where I was like, I didn't really think that through. So, you know, people also say with Finley and me, is it still around? And, and did why didn't you sell it? The thing was, is I was so ingrained in that business. Like, I would have people stopping me at the shopping centers and a variety of places. Even when I was traveling in China, I'm not China, um, Hong Kong, Singapore, one day, random people would come up to me. Right. And, uh, I, I personally couldn't lay my head on my pillow knowing that more than likely knowing what I knew about business that that company would struggle because I was so much of the brand. And secondly, my family and I were too infused in it. So for me, as I chose not to sell it, even though we could have made money off of it. Uh, and it was just one of those things that I thought it, it will divine timing, whatever, it, you know, the belief of everything's working for you. Right. Uh, and now, like I said, the idea to start my legacy project, which will be a foundation that are currently working with the lawyers, will be able to leverage that audience you know and post that so yeah so that's where yeah where we started and where we're at and in 10 years time whatever happened to finley i mean it's probably more chloe that goes like oh why didn't you ever start a chloe and me right well i was gonna say if you had any how, more children how, how are they like yeah. where's my business name so, yeah so chloe has said that but like you know we had to do ivf for chloe so we never knew if we if she was coming or not, not coming and luckily we were blessed to have her um but yeah i was like well you know it just is so, it's our own fault for being a bit late. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Chloe. Do you still work in, in mental health or are you just focused on your consulting business? Yeah, so I wrapped up. So I went through some workplace bullying where, uh, you know, in an adult mental health arena, I was wow. bullied by uh, people, uh, higher management. I then had to take That's unbelievable, months. isn't it? You can, mm -hmm. you can just, like, because my daughter had a problem with a bully and, um, you know, I, I said to her, it's going to happen. There's always a mean girl or a mean boy out there. Mm. Just, you know, you've got to learn how to handle them and what to do about the situation and just make sure it's never you. For me, it was as I was managing a three and a half million dollar uh, portfolio for uh, severe mental individuals with severe mental illness. And uh, part of that funding, obviously, was people, those agencies had to report back to me if, you know, someone became unwell or was hospitalized and wasn't able to use those funds or deceased. And I found out that a one of those nonprofits, uh, had a person who had died and as a result though they were still 
you know, taking the money from the government, which was taxpayers' dollars. So I became aware of that scenario. I advised upper management about it, and they basically told me to be quiet. So for someone who's a bit of a, a voice, and then I'm happy to advocate for those who don't have a voice, um, that didn't sit with me. So I lawyered up, and the lawyers pretty much said, as soon as we send this email, you will have a target on your back. And uh, yeah. sure, sure enough, that's what happened. You know, outfits, you know. My dress that I dress attire that I'd been wearing for five years was no longer it was breaching dress attire right and things like that. So I was actually so childish, isn't it? And pathetic. It was so bad. And I was okay with it at the beginning, but then I was like, well, hold on. This is like, you know, why should I have to pander to this particular cohort of people? And then it really got to get me. So I was actually diagnosed with full-blown anxiety and depression. Uh, I was at probably my lowest for about two years. I still was able to maintain both of the businesses, but I had a lot of like admin support and people didn't mean helping. Uh, And then, yeah, and then I wrapped up, they ill retired me because I refused to give them my medical records. Um, But yeah, you know, you work for an adult mental health facility and uh, they uh, pretty much put you into your own severe mental illness right so yeah so that was uh it it was interesting because like i said being a mental health clinician and then having a lived experience of it so i've now been in remission for two years but uh yeah it was a very interesting experience so but yeah now i only have angela henderson consulting yeah and i suppose that's why you're so passionate about making sure people aren't you know um suffering with burnout and you know Mm. anxiety and things like that in their own business 100 percent. i mean what people forget about is that it typically starts off as stress then it leads to burnout and then in order to have a full-blown mental health diagnosis it has to be impacting all areas of life so for adults it's work community home for kids it's school community home right and so what i always say to people is if you're starting to you know you can feel something's not quite right. You know, what's happening at home? Is home life okay? No. Is community, you're disconnected with family, friends in the community, right? Or you're making excuses or you're always late to things or whatever that is, like variables, right? And, and then if your work, if you start hating your work or hating what you do, you know, I always say you probably want to speak with your GP or your doctor because it's, you know, it's starting to rear its head in all three areas of your world, right? So it is important to have insight to that. Sometimes, again, people want to just keep pushing through. But, you know, I've had to learn about intuition and following your gut and, you know, understanding your body a little bit more versus just keep pushing through, keep pushing through. So, uh, yes, you know, you have a heart attack, you go to the doctor. You break mm-hmm. your leg, you go to the doctor. But God forbid you go to the doctor if you have anxiety, depression or anything else, right? So, yes, I'm super, uh, super passionate about it our audience is generally made up of people who are running their own business mostly Mm -hmm. women so kind of your target market Um, Mm -hmm. and you say you help them get to four or five figures and then you know beyond so although that is obviously massive we know how massive because we help clients do a similar kind of thing but what would be your main tips um, on you know being successful in your own business yeah I mean first of all foundations right if you don't have foundations uh, you're screwed right? Uh, I would also say mindset is imperative. Uh, You know, most people, when you're just starting out in the startup phase, is you're just wondering where the next transaction is coming from, and you don't typically have the headspace to be thinking about mindset. But after running, you know, not one, but two multi-six-figure businesses, the reality of it is, is it's not just strategy, but it becomes mindset. And it also becomes, there's a level of spirituality if you choose to allow that in your space. You know, I was very hesitant and resistant to that for probably up until the last couple of years. But the more that I've gotten into it 
And I've also had five significant people die in the last three years. My grandmother died on Christmas. My brother died on um, uh, Mother's Day. A uh, father type oh, figure died on New Year's Day. Um, another friend died two weeks after that. And another friend recently just passed away. So for mm-hmm. me, is is my mindset's always been quite solid and my strategy's always been quite solid. But you can't um, not compartmentalized to some degree, like of what happened in those elements. So, you know, looking at different healing modalities, looking at different energy modalities and, uh, looking at hypnotherapy. I mean, hypnotherapy has been the biggest thing, you know, the last three months of me game changer, things that I would have laughed in someone's face if they said that to me, uh, two years ago. Right. But again, you can become older, you become a little bit wiser. And so again, for those people are out there that are open to it, I would strongly encourage you just to, you know, again, this conversation, conversations is planting the seed and it might be two years and you're like oh yeah that podcast episode they said that this it just kind of slowly comes in and when I was looking at entrepreneurs who do quite exceptionally well I was trying to look at what are the common traits that they have and a lot of them when they get over that seven figures what I found is meditation is big for them Mm -hmm. yeah spirituality is big for them and um taking care of their physical self typically comes in so they're normally moving a lot more right not necessarily like hardcore bodybuilders but there's just been a few common denominators but again when you're in startup stage you're just kind of chasing that transaction at the beginning right so and also at the start it's like exciting isn't it you know those first few months and you've got that kind of gusto and you've got that right we're going to go and do this and you're out and you're whatever and you are like the next one the next the next thing and you just start going for it and then there is that like a bit further along that you know actually is there's a grind element isn't it that you need to get through as well and people yeah if they're not on the right track of their mindset and any little bit is out of kilter it starts to take effect doesn't it 100% and I think that's the thing is you don't have to hustle to be successful but you still have to work hard in the beginning yeah. right yeah. like I mean, the reality of it is if you have a scale or someone's in a race and if someone works one hour a day and someone else works for three hours a day, even if they're not productive for that three hours, they're still going to be further ahead of the race than you just by natural, like just natural number game, right? The other thing that I would say in addition to foundations and looking at strategy, mindset and spirituality would be understanding grief which a lot of people, I've never really heard really anyone talk about it. It's kind of something I've had to figure out and that wherever there's loss, there is grief. And as you become more successful, you will lose friends, you will lose family members, and you will lose um, business people who've been cheering you on. Family members or coworkers who remain stuck, right? The sly marks will start to come or they'll yeah. start to withdraw a little bit more. I was thinking with your with your bullying, a lot of that must have been the fact that you also were successful. You weren't just doing the job. You also had a really successful mm. business that was on the up all the time. So that would have been a part of it as well. 100%, right? And so, you know, and I find the more you grow and the more successful you are, it's actually the lonelier you get at the top because people's own triggers come into play, right? Uh, their own desires and wants come into play and they're less likely to be there cheering you on from an authentic point of view, right? Again, yeah. things weren't discussed or told you when you start, when you press go on the live website, you know? And when you kind of are in it, you're like, hold on a minute. You know, like I've had speakers at my events who were happy to come and I run Australia's leading women in business retreat. And, you know, there's a couple of speakers who so they were happy to come and speak and happy to engage. But then I kind of started to excel, I guess you could say and then they just kind of got catty or they'd start to stop talking to you and you're like you start to get like like hey what did I did I do something because I'm always that that's the thing it's always that hidden agenda where you think 
is this me? What have I done? Because yeah, it's always like under the radar, isn't it? And don't get me wrong. Like I believe there always takes two to tango, but I'm hold on, you know, I've reached out or I'm saying, you know, how's your launch going or how's this going? And people are just always either want to take, 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 but they stop cheering. Right. And you have yeah. to go, well, hold on a minute. I can't own that space. That's on them to figure out why they're triggered. I can only run my own race. Mm-hmm. Um, which I then also say about collaboration versus competition. I know it's very used in this space, but I actually find very few women do it, if I'm 100% yeah. honest. And I think that said, I actually think women are fucking up our own equality for women. I think women are messing up our own inability to make the same wage as each other because I actually think women bring us, like each other, down more than men do. I work, I'm very close with a lot of men and a lot of masterminds. Actually, though I work with women in business all the time, you know, the people I hang out with are a lot of men because I can't do the caddy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it is interesting because I'm like, hold on a minute. Uh, yeah, just like there's so many examples that I could give, right? But it's one of those things that it's like, well, hold on a minute. I'll be in a Facebook group and then the next, you know, there's 500 comments of all women going like crazy over something, right? And I'm like, hold on a minute. Like you, these women wouldn't all be on someone if you were in a live event. You wouldn't have, no. 500 people wouldn't be standing around commenting and bullying, right? And so yeah. it's I've had that in some groups before, like certain things that I say, or maybe I've said something in a certain way. And I kind of know I'm going to get it. But then I just think, you look at it, you just think, just because someone else has been brave enough to say that thing, you've all jumped on and you've all done, and it, you, can almost, you can almost kind of, it's like embarrassing because sometimes you can put something out and the first couple of people are positive. So then everyone jumps on that bandwagon and then you might put something different out and then the first couple of people are negative. So everyone goes down that trait instead of just having their own actual opinion and, you know, banter. Because it just takes it. your time. You know, we've talked about mindset and if your mindset is in crit- criticising other people and being a keyboard warrior, then that's taking your time yeah, and you're, you're time taking out. your headspace and you're not concentrating on the other things that are going to make your life better. And that's where, like, the whole collaboration versus competition, like... People say, oh, my goodness, you went on such and such as podcast, but they're a business coach like or you've had a business coach on your podcast. But I'm like, here's the thing. If you go back to my mission, which is to be able to help another 20, 20, 20, sorry, 2,500 women between now and 2025 to have the tools, community and resources they need. I have a responsibility, in my opinion, to bring other coaches on because I'm quite blunt. I'm quite to the fact. And I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. If I can bring on another coach who has the ability to help connect with that person because their approach is different, then I'm actually doing a disservice by not bringing a variety of other people on into this space. So for me, it's like, yeah. And I actually am on discovery calls with clients where I'm like, hey, man, I'm not the right fit for this, but let me connect you with such and such. I'll do it right now. Yeah. Uh, and people are like, they get shocked but why would you do that? That could have been money in your pocket. It wouldn't have been an alignment with me because I would have been hating having to show up to those calls because the, that I wasn't, and it's not my skill set. I mean, and that's another thing. You know, there's bad dentists, there's bad doctors, there's bad business coaches, there's bad social media people, right? But it really irks me, in my opinion, in this space where it's like, on the back of a cereal box, I took a two-week course and now I'm a business coach. What? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you, you can see, right, I mean, I've been in this space long enough where it's like you can see it. You know, I've had a couple of people in my masterminds where I've helped them grow their businesses. Everything's going. Everything's going well. But I know that they're making maybe 40K. Great. They're still starting. But now they're turning around and they, they, put, they, they put these offers out. I'm like, hold on a minute. You've got no experience to do any of that, right? So yeah. this whole collaboration versus competition, but also I've learned that own your own race course, 
and yeah. own your um, zone of genius. Like know that the, the universe is going to, there's more than enough abundance to go around for all of us. You don't have to try and fake who you are or what you're doing. You do you, create a great product or service and just run your race from a place of authenticity mm-hmm. and, you know, life is going to be good. I love that attitude. And so many people talk the talk but don't necessarily walk the walk do they they think just saying it is enough and it's not and it's not always easy it's easy to sink into negativity particularly about yourself or about other people because you're jealous or you're bitter or whatever and you have to physically force those thoughts out of your head and concentrate on visualizing where you want to be and Mm. focusing on that and that's something I've definitely learned you know in my 40s probably and I wish that you know I wish they taught this crap at school and that I wish I'd you know come up through my 20s and 30s thinking like that as well instead of thinking oh so and so's got this I would say especially to my daughter who's 14 like the stuff you know and you've had access to and you've seen and you're aware of like age 14 people some people never get that in their entire lifetime and you've got all this already at this like god how would have been dangerous if i'd have had that kind of stuff at that age you know but she she's got it all and um you know she absorbs it all as well and she every now and then she rolls her eyes at me and i'm like you will thank me for you know in like however whenever it will be you'll thank me that you know all this because she already doesn't can't get her head around certain people in her school or certain people she knows and even teachers she's like mom they got the wrong mindset there you know (laughs) she'll just like pin it down i'll go yeah but they're just other people you just concentrate on you um, but yeah, it is, it is sad when you see people and I've heard lots of different people who have gone from like next to nothing and then they've done so well and then the people around them have all of a sudden turned on them because they, they're, they're successful. And yeah, you're right. No one no one tells you that bit when you're, when you're on the up. But equally, there's people out there telling people, oh, you can get make all this money in like 10 minutes and then people mm-hmm. get frustrated and down on themselves when they don't because it does take time and it does take consistency and you do have to show up like a little bit mm-hmm. each day otherwise it just won't happen for you um and i also think for women it's important to realize like i really get shitty that women blame men for a lot of things don't get me wrong men have their problems women have their problems but at the end of the day when you wake up every single day in my opinion it's your life. It's your fucking responsibility. If you're not happy with something, please stop bitching about it. Like seriously, man, do something about it. Right. But they'll get on their personal profile or they'll get on a group. And I'm just like, how is this, how is this productive for anyone? Right. So it's like, I unfollow. I'm like, yep, I'm out. Yep. I'm out. Right. Cause I'm not going to surround myself by that type of energy, but I'm like, seriously, ladies, your life your responsibility, you know, and that triggers a lot of people like, why are you so blunt? But there's no in between here. You wake up, you have a choice. You're not happy with something, do something about it. You're not making enough money in business. Is it due to your lack of inaction? All right, what action are you going to take? There's choices every single day. And even with COVID, listen, it's been horrific. Some of the stories I've seen, right? Like horrific what has happened to people. But I found those people whose mindset is solid, they're constantly looking for opportunities. We did a series of actual like lives with people when it when it first happened of the and some of the people that just joined our program that like actually didn't know where their next like pound was coming from because they you know all what they were doing had just gone to they were like do you know what this is I've been meaning to sort my social media out I can't make any money in that now so I'm going to use this time to do it they just went for it and then actually now they have viable online businesses and also their physical business because that's back as well so they've actually now almost like they've got right it sort of forced them to do something that they were going to do there's that guy that one guy just he used to clean people's ovens and then he couldn't going to people's house to clean people's ovens so all of a sudden he was making brownies post box brownies that then he was and that just exploded so it's just yeah but again it's mindset isn't it you can sit there and go oh well you know nothing's going to happen 
to me, for me, whatever, and it's crap. Or you can go, right, that's not ideal. <laughs> some people are just yeah. looking for the next excuse to say, yeah. well, I can't be happy and I yeah. can't have the life it's I want because of this. And yeah. if it isn't COVID, then it's something else, is it? It's mm. a relationship. It's always, or, it's, always, yeah. it's always like, again, the husband or the partner's done yeah. this. The kids, the kids are young. The kids, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. And like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying life isn't tough, but when people say, oh, you don't, you've got, you've got money. Now, hold on, man, back up a minute, right? I've yeah. got money now. Right. And I, I worked full time, right, as a mental health clinician to get both of my jobs up. I've lost five significant people in a space of three years. Don't tell me I don't know what hard is. Right. Like yeah. I get it. And I can grieve at the drop of a hat. I can be driving and a song will come on and it will hit me of one of the people who have passed. So I still grieve. But again, I still have a choice of what I do with that grief. I have a choice of what I do, get up or do the mean sulk. And again, it's okay to grieve, but you can only grieve for so long. They're not coming back, right? Like, and again, I know it's, I'm very blunt and just very black and white, but I'm like, they're not coming back. I'm exactly the same. Yeah. But even, you know, now it's easier than ever. There's the internet. So you don't even need to get out there. You can access the whole world. The whole world can see what you do through the internet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, like we say, free podcasts out there. There's, um, you know, downloads and YouTube. So you can learn anything you want to learn. You can access anything you want to access and you can promote yourself to millions of people at absolutely no cost if you just put the time and the effort in. Or you can spend a bit of money, leapfrog that and learn it all by someone who's done it. It and been successful and go right okay this that's where I want to be that person's got there you help me and I'm going to get there as well and it's, the, it's just that the ability to say I'm going to do that and to just bloody well do it yeah and I think that goes to kind of my last thing if I talk about like the foundations understanding that you'll go through loss right mindset strategy etc is that the ability to invest because when you invest, so like I didn't have a lot of money at the beginning, so it's like I would go to free events. But when you would go to free events, you normally weren't hanging out necessarily with the right crowd. So then it was yeah. like, wasn't was a great return on investment. But then I paid, you know, $10 for an event, a little bit higher quality. And then I could pay a little bit more and I paid 20 or $50. And then I paid for an event at ProBlogger. I think it was $1,000 for the ticket. And at ProBlogger, I heard about Chris Ducker. Yeah, you guys may know Chris over in the yeah. UK. And uh, he was running a mastermind in the Philippines in Cebu. So then I paid to go to Chris Ducker's event. And uh, I met Janet Murray from the UK over there. I have friends and things like that. A whole bunch of UK people are there too. And um, that event was game changer, right? Like I didn't have 13 grand, right, to pay Chris. And I had to ask him and his wife, you know what I mean? Uh, hey, well, can I do payment plans? But I was adamant that I was going to find that money to be able to get yeah. there. And they're like, yes. But the thing is, is when you pay and invest, you pay attention. Yeah, you definitely. When you pay, you pay attention, even if it's 10 or 20 bucks. And I believe that the transformation occurs when the transaction takes place, even if it's small. Do you know what I mean? It's $10. The, tr the yeah. transformation inside, your confidence increases, your self-worth increases. You stand up a little bit taller. You take more notice of things, right? So for me is invest. You know, I just spent or I just dished out $45,000 for my new coach to work with him for the next six months, right? That didn't happen on day one. I'm now 11 years in, right? I've got the money yeah. to be able to do that. But I'm also aware about how much I, in six months, if I follow what he's telling me, I could fast track my business my three or four years because I don't have to make the same mistakes he did. Yeah, and I know what exactly. I'm doing. And people forget that. When you pay for someone like myself or someone you girls do, you know what I mean, for when you guys do your social media, whatever it is, is that you're paying for our experience. Yes, it might be, it might seem like it's quick for us to do it. But we've had to pay for workshops. We've had to pay for time away from our family to learn our skill set. 
And you're not just paying for our time, you're paying for our skills, and you're paying for our connections. And people forget yeah. that. You've spent that money on that coach, and you'll learn a lot of stuff that then you'll pass down. 100%. So, you know, they're almost getting a bit of that coach without having to spend any money because they're just, you know, getting it through you by proxy, aren't they? And that's exactly the same. You know, we've spent a lot of money on business coaches, and we've always, it's been a massive game changer for us, like you say. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually having a one to one coach has been the most biggest game changer for us i was the one that bought all the courses before literally like i'd buy any program that was going i'll buy that i'll get involved but yeah going from that group to that right just on our business made a massive mm-hmm. difference didn't it? it might be scary but i always say to people like the what's what is scarier investing or being exactly where you are a year from now yeah right yeah. And I'm yeah. like, fuck that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm out. I do not want yeah. to be in the exact same spot a year from now. Like, that to the, me is way The question scarier. is not whether to invest. It's make sure you invest your money in the right person. Remember, sure and they- everything you need is not um, – ask yourself, what is it in my business right now that I need? So, for example, when I uh, was in a mastermind a few years ago, that one was, I think, about 25000 but it was all about evergreening. And I specifically needed to learn how to evergreen. That was, like, my specific thing. So I paid to learn that skill from the person who was doing it. This particular person that I'm learning from now is really – he's in the coaching space, too. Um, Again, I like to get male energy, too, sometimes, not just the female energy. Um, But he does bring, like – I'm doing hypnotherapy from him and stuff. But – the thing there is, is what I need to learn is how to scale. And he scaled to, you know, five, six, 10, 20 million different business dollars in business, right? So hire based on what you need right at yeah. this moment, not what you think you're going to need, but what do you need right now to move you from point A to point B and to go and find that human being to do that for you because it will be the best investment that you can do. Definitely. Or you will end up staying small, which mm-hmm. is fine if that's what you want, but acknowledge that's what you're going to do mm-hmm. and that's what you want. Don't say, I want to be this, but and then I'm just going to get do it on yeah, my own. Because so many people say they want a six-figure business, for example. They don't actually have even worked out, like, what is that a month then? How, what's, how will that, in your business and whatever it is you do, whatever you sell, your products, your services, what... Like, how does that chunk down? What do you need to sell? What do you need to, you know, what what do you need to spend out on to be able to facilitate? They don't even do all the maths on that. They just go, oh, six-figure business. And, yeah, they've not kind of worked it down. And like you say, get the foundations and the strategy in place to make sure that it's going to be a brick house, not a hay house. Yes. <laughs> um, like what you did there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So we are the Get Savvy Club. So we always ask two questions on this podcast. One is, um, what makes you savvy? What makes me savvy is I think my ability to form connections with people really is I believe your network equals your net worth and uh, connecting just with amazing humans. When you have, uh, I'll take it one step back, conversations equal connections. And when you've got connections and conversations, you have conversions and conversions aren't necessarily conversions financial. They can be, but conversions can just be bringing abundance into your life, bringing more wealth as in happiness wealth into your life. Right. So to me is conversations equal connections which equal convergence and I think my strength is the ability to connect with humans from around the world so yeah is what I would say and the second question we always ask is um, for you to recommend a book uh, that's 
change your life in some way or that you could recommend to our listeners so business yeah so you know, i had to get it off the shelf is the book called the go-giver by bob berg oh, and yeah. john david mann um it was a pl- privilege i actually saw bob my brief time in clubhouse when it was there and i was on it for a couple of months he was in a room and he came on my podcast recently it was probably one of those kind of proud moments where you're like oh my gosh i read his book maybe once twice a year probably more it may be more like two to three times a year and it's just a really simple read but what he talks about specifically in the go-giver book is the five laws of stratospheric success and he talks about the law of value and he says your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment and he says the second law is the law of compensation your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them the third is the law of influence your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first The fourth is the law of authenticity. The most valuable gift you have is to offer yourself. And the last law is the law of receptivity. The key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And this book reminds me a lot about, you've got B2B marketing and, you know, B2C marketing, but it reminds me a lot about H to H or P to P, human to human or people to people. If in human to human marketing is the experience and interaction one faces with a brand. If you remember to constantly add value and leave those humans better off than when they last found you on a social media post, on a podcast or whatever, uh, you will be profitable, right? So I'm uh, that book reminds me always to continue to leave with value. Yeah, it is a great book. But I've read that. I'm going to go and dig that out and read it again. I've got it on uh, Audible. I did network marketing years ago, and that was one of the ones that they kind of sent us to um, was that. So thank you for coming on. If people are interested in connecting with you, obviously we can put the link to the podcast on here, but what other ways should they reach out to you or could they reach out to you? Yeah, I always say just head to my website, which is AngelaHenderson.com.au, and then you can choose to listen to the, you know, the podcast, read a blog article, or check out the services I have to support women in business. Or I hang out a lot over over uh, on Instagram, and my handle is just Angela Henderson Consulting. So yes, look forward to connecting in whatever way works best for you as a listener. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review, and subscribe. Awesome. What an impressive woman. And do you know what? I get the feeling that actually she just is another one of those that said, oh, and she's very matter of fact, and I love that because I'm quite a matter of fact. This is your life. These are the cards you've been dealt. You've just got to play them. And there's no point like um, worrying or crying. It's it's so easy to say, isn't it? But not so easy to do, but you've got to get your mindset in a place where you are um, living your life. And if you don't like it, you're taking action to change it. But I get the impression that she is um, an impressive woman and makes it sound a lot easier than it actually is because um, to start a business while working full time um, and having just had a child and then going through IVF and having another child and then growing it to have like 1,400 products. It was like more and more layer, like every, every like other sentence is like another thing. Yeah. And then another thing, and then this happened, and then this happened. You think, bloody hell, yeah, you managed to go for, like just continuing rising up all the way through all those things ha- like happening in her life. But yeah. you, and you could tell she gets annoyed, like annoyed when people say it's all right for you because you've got money. She's like, hang on a minute, yes, I have now, but I didn't. I think that we need more role models like her, who is just like a normal person living a normal life, going through normal amounts of crap, and just going, I'm not going to let this beat me. I'm going to, here's my goal, and I'm going to get there by hook or by crook. So obviously an impressive woman. Um, I don't think it's quite as easy as she makes it sound, but it's obviously achievable because she's achieved it. We'll see you all on uh, Thursday for a Get Savvy Quickly. See you all soon. Bye. Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, join our Facebook group. Just search Get Savvy Club.